Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Dorian Foyle from the band Aliens Don't Ring Doorbells. The band is a trio consisting of Dorian, who plays guitar, sax, backing, and lead vocals, Adam King, who's lead and backing vocals, and Mark Bowden, who's keyboards and backing vocals. Their debut album, Arrival, was recently released. The band are a very special rock band with a unique style of their own. Up next on Celebs Fund, we've got Dorian Foyle from Aliens Don't Ring Doorbells. Where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life and how are you doing? Great. Well, wonderful to be here, Barrett, on uh, Celeb Savant, and uh, looking forward to, to talking to all your uh, your listeners and, and readers. Um, uh, right now, we are based actually on the Costa Blanca in Spain. And when I say we, I'd say the main team of uh, Alien Stuntwing Darvels, which is uh, Adam King and, and myself. Uh, and here we, we write, write a lot of the songs. Uh, and we also collaborate with our keyboardist, Mark Bowden, who's based in the UK. So we're a little bit, we're pretty close to one another. Uh, most of the times we'll, we'll cut demos here before we actually go into the studio. You know, I've been in, I moved uh, to Spain from uh, from the Bahamas, actually. I was in the oh, Bahamas wow. for over 15 years. And all my kids were, all my three kids were born there and stuff. So we moved to Spain to be a little closer to my uh, my wife's, my wife's parents here. Um, they're not in Spain. They're actually in Ukraine, but it's still closer. So anyway, but uh, it, we started the project, Aliens Don't Ring Doorbells, uh, from here on the Costa Blanca. And we're quite happy to to, uh, to be here. It's wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful, in, inspirational kind of a climate here. You know, it's really sure. beautiful. We've got the beaches <laughs> nearby. And so we, we, we enjoyed a lot here and look forward to continuing to write music here for a long time. Lovely. So a double-barreled question. Firstly, the name, where does it come from and what does it mean? And let's take it all the way to the very beginning of Aliens Don't, Aliens Don't Ring Doorbells, uh, to the beginning of your journey and the hybrid version of your musical career. Sure. Uh, the, the name Aliens Don't Ring Doorbells uh, was given to us by uh, some guy who we ran across uh, on, a, on a subway platform. I was there with my uh, my six-year-old son and uh, this well, this looked to be a homeless guy he was walking on the platform, having a conversation with himself. And he stopped, looked at my son and he said, it's because aliens don't ring doorbells. And then he repeated aliens don't ring doorbells as he went down the platform <laughs> and never to be seen again. So wow. what I think he was trying to say was that, you know, hey, let's stop looking for them. They're here. They've been here a long time. And, you know, they're not going to ring your doorbell, but let's just accept and see what that what what it's all about. And sometimes okay. we refer to this in some of our uh, music and the way we see things, you know, and uh, and uh, it just kind of was an uh, uh, interesting set of words. And when I brought it to the band as a potential name, it, it, it sort of stuck after a while. First, everybody laughed, of course, but then it stuck. And when I brought the, the, the name of the band to the guys, um, it was, uh, I guess it was the, the started in like 20, uh, early 2019 when we initially started to get together. And basically it was uh, uh, three, three of us uh, uh, here in Spain from, uh, we were in a cover band together and uh, Adam King, who, who's, uh, who's our vocalist, myself and uh, Christian Pearl, who was uh, a keyboardist on our first album. We, uh, we wrote, uh, we, we 
we thought about writing an album and, and I said, yeah, let's try and do it. And I still had my, my buddies and, and we have a family house in, in the Bahamas still. So what we ended up doing was uh, I, I was like, well, let's try and write something because we, you know, we're not, we're basically in a cover band before we went to the Bahamas and spent uh, two weeks there. We would write, you know, we start to work on some songs in the morning and in the afternoon, my, uh, my buddies I used to play with in the Bahamas, uh, Kevin, uh, Dean on drums and Earl Forbes on bass would come over and we would start to jam the songs and try to record as much as possible. But because we were there without any families or anything and living all in that one little condo, you know, it really helped us, you know, write this, write some songs. And we were pretty happy with that first effort that we, uh, we had another get together another songwriting session, another two week session. And we, by the time we finished, we had all 12 songs. And then we, uh, we demoed, uh, we went into a studio in the Bahamas called uh, Sanctuary Studios, which uh, as luck would have it, uh, it's owned by Justin Timberlake and a few other big names, but yeah. it's a beautiful studio. And they were kind enough to let us go in there and, and record our demos in, in two days of 14 hour days. And then we, we, uh, we ended up going to Colorado to actually record the album. We decided to produce it as an indie uh, project mm -hmm. under our, uh, Indian record label, No Rules uh, Records. And then we then launched it and it started to take uh, take hold. And we ended up having two Billboard uh, adult contemporary top 30 wow. hits, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, they made the Billboard charts to the songs off the album. One is called It's Your Night and the other one is called uh, uh, Daylight. So a couple of and that, that brings us up to now, you know. So yeah, yeah. Then we toured. We toured with Scouting for Girls. We toured with Roachford, oh, wow. and you know, it just started to build up. And you know, we're we have a pretty good base of uh, of fans in in Europe, and we're looking forward to touring the United States in 2023. The difference between doing your doing it yourselves as an independent uh, on an independent label in inverted commas compared to signing to a big record deal. What's the difference for those listeners who are unsure about why some artists would choose one versus the other? Uh, because a record business is, is uh, the dynamics of the record business have changed a lot. There's not as much profit in uh, making records now. You know, a lot of it's in live music or different things, but there is still money to be made in music. Uh, just not as much. So the record companies are very particular. Typically, to get signed, you already have to be uh, quite well known, and you know have a tremendous amount of uh, follows and streams. But if you're trying to get it, and you you know some people are fortunate enough to be able to to have some some luck somehow, some mm -hmm. way. Uh, the other way is to kind of get some capital together and pay for uh, a recording session, like we did, yeah. and then try to get that out there and and not uh wait for a record label so we didn't want to wait for a record label to discover us we thought we'd put our music out there first and yeah. then but what can also happen is the the upside from that is that you can get your music out there you can record it and and it's you know it's peanuts to put the music out there on on amazon music spotify etc yeah. etc et it's, it's just effort that's all so if you make the effort you can do it but the difference with a record company record label a big major label is uh distribution so you know our hope later because you know we'd like to get our vinyl out in all the stores people could find them and stuff and this takes a major record label right yeah. now we can do it but it's it's like you know uh, in small batches, and most of it's digital. So, you know, 
our hope is that uh, eventually that uh, we'll be able to find a, you know, we've done a lot of the work ourselves. We produced our own music and took a lot of that risk away from a record label. So, you know, fingers crossed we'll find the right partner that will bring distribution to our music so we can yes. get it out to a lot more people around the world, really. From zero minutes to a three to four minute song, your creative process of in creating that. What inspires you guys? What motivates you? What created the music? Tell us that creative journey of zero minutes to a three to four minute song. If you're talking, you know, people write differently. You know, I, yes. I write songs a certain way and Adam writes songs in a different way as okay. well. So, for example, I like to write songs that have like a little um, uh, I would just like to say they'd have a, like a little experience that might have happened to me or that I'm aware of. And I'll write about that interesting experience. Adam uh, tends to write music from pictures that he sees in his head. <laughs> Okay. I didn't describe it any more than that. Yeah. But I mean, he see, he sees a picture of a of a song, and he and the words come out that kind of fit that that picture, and he weaves that kind of a thing. And uh, uh, myself, I'm I'm a little bit more right, you know, trying to write a little bit of the story. Adam uh, largely writes his songs just kind of singing them into his phone. He, he plays guitar, but he's mainly a you know a vocalist, and so he's got melodies all the time. He'll sing the melody, and then he'll bring it to you know like a writing session a jam session that we'll have and then we'll start to put some meat on it you know we'll put some chords and we'll put oh you know we should have a pre-chorus or here's the middle eight and so we'll build the song and so but uh, when i bring a song to the band it's a it has a little bit you know there's a because i know the chord changes and stuff so i'll put more uh chord changes structure on it so it, it's the combination of uh, me writing in a little bit more structured way, Adam writing in a more um, sort of picture uh, vision way. And that's how we put it together. That's why all our songs are written jointly with Adam and I, or yep. jointly with Mark Bowden, or previously when we on the first album with Christian Pearl. We kind of developed the songs in that writing session, although you, you come with a some kind of an idea. And that's how that's how it kind of developed. And the other thing that we like to do is set like a deadline, you know, and yes. say, okay, we're going to go do this. We're going to write this song and we're going to do it during this time. So sometimes that means we we might, you know, go away to like uh, a studio. Once we went to a studio in the middle of an orange grove, uh, just uh, <laughs> wow. it, it just west of Valencia, about an hour. And it was uh, it was a real getaway, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and we wrote some great music there. So those things are kind of fun, you know, to do. So it, that's kind of the process, and we probably keep doing to do it that way. You mentioned that you previously were in a cover band. So did you guys know that you could write your own songs and write your own music, previously being in a cover band? What was that transition like for you? Uh to answer, the honest answer to the question is no. We didn't know if we could write okay. <laughs> the music. We didn't know. You know, I wanted to try it and the guys were willing to, to you know, to come to the Bahamas and, and try it. So there was a certain amount of uh, pressure we put on ourselves to try and make something happen. It was that kind of internal deadline that we set for ourselves to do to try and do something. I said, hey, let's try something. The first time we went to the Bahamas for this writing session and let's see if we can't do something in 10 days. If we get something done, great. If not, you know, we'll have we'll have some we'll have some fun you know, swimming yeah. in the ocean in the Bahamas or something, which we did. Uh, but it turned out real good. And, and you know, when you write something uh, like for the first time, you're like when you first wrote those songs and started demoing, it was a great sense of uh, 
you know, accomplishment. So I guess the bottom line, a short answer to your question is if you don't try it, you, you really don't know if you're a songwriter, I, I think. And, and some people, and I also think that you can try it and become a, a better songwriter uh, as you go. I, I love that you're saying, if you don't try it, you'll never know. It's like for me, when I decided to do this podcast, I was like, if I don't do it and try it, I'll never know. So just go ahead and do it. <laughs> and now I'm loving it. So <laughs> That's right. You set yourself a deadline. You said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have the podcast ready. It's going to go out this Friday, whatever. And, and, and you know, here you are with the successful podcast. So congratulations, <laughs> Barry. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned a little while ago, you mentioned Spotify streaming. Now, as we, and you mentioned vinyl as well. Now, back in the day, many, many years ago, we had the cassettes, the vinyl, the CDs. I'm not sure if you're aware that all these numbers are increasing. So last year, um, I was very excited to read that uh, vinyl had the most sales it had since 1990. It had the biggest sales. So those are making a comeback, the whole physical. But we've got these streaming and digital uh, platforms. What are your perceptions of the way people listen and consume music compared to what, how they previously did? Many years ago, we used to buy albums. And yes. I, I was one of them guys uh, buying albums. And, you know, some of them, you could uh, open them and you could read the lyrics. And there yeah. might even be, you know, something about the band or what they call liner notes in mm -hmm. those days. And you would put the album on and you would like, you know, go through the album cover, listening to the music and referring to it back and forth, the lyrics. So it was kind of you were, you were able to be in touch with the music. Uh, now, a lot of stuff, people listen to playlists and stuff. They don't really listen to the full artist or the full album. And, and they'll often skip just like they flip through, uh, you know, Instagram or what have you. Yeah. So the people don't get that as much of a connection. But at, at some point, you know, you get tired of that and you want that connection. And you have that connection to the music if you buy the the uh, the vinyl in particular. You know, it is an analog uh, connection to the artist. You know, kind yeah. of thing. For our first uh, uh, vinyl, which we which was produced in the Czech Republic, we did have it pressed on you know very high quality, uh, high fidelity um, vinyl. So it's actually quite a good uh, product these days. And so if you if you get into it and you buy it your own. Uh, turntable and bluetooth it to your sound bar or whatever you'll get an excellent result plus you'll get you know and if if uh, not to plug our album but if you if you buy our first uh w album arrival there is a full booklet in there and poster and we tried to put all that stuff into the vinyl to re to have that experience and people when they they buy the albums on on tour because you know it also gives us a lot of room to sign on yes it's a it's a it's a real great product uh, so i'm i'm really glad that vinyl is coming back the problem right now in the industry is that the production of vinyl is in so much demand that it pushes release schedule like our second album is done and we're in the process of uh, we're done recording we're in the process of finalizing and mastering all the songs got 12 great new songs coming out and uh and and it looks like it's july for uh for us to be able to get the vinyl out in okay. in the market and everything that's just the reality but it's it's great news the uh, the second album ours is is uh, uh quite unique because um we do uh, we're doing a a, a vinyl uh, you know uh, and a digital release but it, uh, very importantly we're doing a very limited uh, a multi uh release uh sets of, of 10 sets and what releasing it is on uh so in the set comes a vinyl a cd a cassette yes. uh, an eight track an eight track tape 
and a three and a half inch floppy with all of them. So five albums you get oh, on wow. five different digital formats. Now people ask, you know, how do you get an eight track tape to really work? We bought a, a vintage eight track tape recorder and we're, and we're actually getting yeah, yeah. it made. And there are a few artists have ever released, uh, an album on three and a half inch floppy. The last yeah. artist that did it was uh, Brian Eno, as I as I recall. I can't remember the name of the album, but so we're, you know it's kind of unique, uh, and it will be like I said to put in touch with the artists, and, and and this is actual five different formats, six if you count digital. So yeah. um, that will be available on a limited basis. So it's just something kind of quirky that that we are. It's like a tip of the hat to this reemergence of demand for you know physical music. Well, you can sign me up for the CD because I love myself a CD. I love the booklets. Every month I've got my little budget for CDs and I oh. order them from Amazon. So I'm definitely there for that. So, yes. You I'm got really it, Barrett. Lovely. I look forward to that. You mentioned earlier that you opened up for Roachford and Scouting for Girls. Tell us more about that experience of performing as an opening artist and those tours. How did those go? Well, the first one that we did, um, was with uh, Scouting for Girls, and that was in the fall of uh, 2021. And if you recall, it was um, it was very sort of an iffy time with the COVID. Yeah. There were still lots of restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. But it was already, you know, in the UK, people were up to, you know, pretty much had enough with all the restrictions. Yes. Um, and uh, so the restrictions were less. I think your previous government, you know, kind of reduced restrictions a little bit to in increase the herd immunity, which actually worked out for the UK, uh, I think. And um, anyway, uh, so it was in the fall of 2021. And we we played all the way from from like Swansea out in um in uh, Wales, right? Yeah. <laughs> At Swansea out there, we went all the way up to Scotland, to Aberdeen and Edinburgh and uh, all through the UK, um, Cheltenham and Southampton and uh, all around. And it was just, a, it was, a, I think we did about, uh, I think we did about like 30, 40 shows with, uh, with Scouting for Girls. And those guys, I mean, those guys l love to play live. And they're a great live band. I mean, it was a big challenge for us because uh, they are very, very good live. And that's why they, they tour all the time. People love to see them. That was a real pleasure to play with those guys. And we, you know, we'd like to think we, we held our own as best we can. We certainly got a lot of people uh, buying our T-shirts and stuff at those yeah. concerts. So that's how that went. And, and, uh, and then we had an opportunity to tour uh, uh, Europe, parts of Europe, uh, Austria, Switzerland, and Germany with Andrew Roachford, Roachford band. And, uh, you know, he's a wonderful, decorated uh, British singer and songwriter and uh, been around for a long time. And that was a great tour, very professional. He's got a great, great band. You know, you can tell uh, good, good lead singers or good front people yeah. are, are really best with great musicians and and andrew roachford of course he he plays with great people he's also the keyboardist and singer in uh, mike and the mechanics so you know he's um oh i didn't know that yeah yeah that's the guy okay. yeah and he you know he's he, i think he's been on their latest you know their last hit whatever it was and he tours with them now so um that was a great experience and now in 2023 there's lots of opportunities for us and we're talking to you know quite a few Managements of bands to see if there's an opportunity for you know we've got a new album coming out yes. um, of which uh, already released three 
three singles into the market. And uh, so we've got a lot to bring to the table for a, a band I'd like to uh, that needs a great support act. We're, you know, we're trying to we're trying to get enough fan base because once we yes. get to a large enough fan base, uh, we'll be able to headline. And that's our uh, yes. that's our goal, of course. Barrett. That, that, I was just about to say, so let's put it out to the universe that next step is aliens don't ring doorbells. We'll need a supporting act because they'll be headlining. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're happy to help somebody, you know, because people are helping us, you know, yes, so we yeah. like that too. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I love playing this game. My recipients don't always like this game. So I know if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, two hours, 20 minutes, two days, I know your answer will be different each time. But if you had to give me your go-to five songs by other artists in this moment, what would those five songs be? I would say um, five artists. Uh, I would say uh, maybe I'd, I'd probably start with maybe a jukebox, the ghost, everyone's uh, lonely. Maybe uh, maybe uh, artists I've loved forever, Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Um, I would say probably something you know that I've always loved, uh, like from the Beatles, like. Um, for example, uh, Martha, my dear, I've always loved how that song is uh, was mm-hmm. written. So, how many songs have I got now? You've got two left. Two left. Two left. Yes. Well, I, I'm I'm a guitar player, so you know, uh, one of the greatest the guitar players uh, that's ever lived just passed away. Great British guitar player Jeff Beck. So I'd have yes. to say, because we've ended as lovers, would be uh, one of my favorite songs. I've you know I've I've caught you know I've I've played it live myself, and I've always loved playing that song. Probably the, the last one would be uh, probably the band Free, you know, because that was the first song I learned on guitar was the All Right Now song. And um, I, I love that band, you know, and uh, so many of us uh, met our girlfriends listening <laughs> to that song. You know, it was a great song. Your perceptions or have you been to South Africa at all? Never had the pleasure. Never had the pleasure so far. It's on my bucket list. Okay, cool. So when you get ya. When you're headlining your tour and you're performing here, I'll be cheering right up in front. And yeah. uh, thereafter, we'll go for coffee, we'll go for surf- safari, and I'll be your tour guide when you come to South Africa. How does that sound? That sounds terrific. <laughs> we would love to. I've always heard it's a paradise there. And, you know, I'd like to see some of that myself, to be honest. So you mentioned about the touring. And uh, I'm the person who's right up in front. I like screaming. I like it, doing my thing. But I find the people around me all have their cell phones out and are trying to get the perfect picture, the perfect video, the perfect whatever they're trying to get. On the receiving end of that, when you're just seeing a bunch of cell phones instead of faces in front of you, what is that like for you as an artist? Um, you know, we kind of look, uh, I myself, just speaking, I'll just tell you, honestly, I kind of look between the, the phones and try to find some eye contact with yes. somebody because you know if you, somebody's holding the phone there's no eye contact yeah. you quickly uh uh don't see that and you you do see the individuals who are uh you kind of you i just kind of goes to that so uh, i don't i kind of don't see it uh, but I, it's sometimes for example when we play uh, a song off our of our debut album it's called story um it's a it's a pretty song and people really often get into it and sing the chorus with it but what we often find is that you know, we encourage the people to light up their, you know, the torches on their phones. Yes. And we get this wave of beautiful light, you know, that comes out sometimes. So 
um, you know, when the when they use the phones that way, it's not bad. When they when they're pointing it at you, you know, filming you, well, yeah. you don't really see who the person is behind, and that you know that's and they don't see who I am either. Yeah. So they they miss that one moment that you know I I would have had eye contact with them because with our crowds, that's right. I like to do that. Dorian, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. The main listening sure. audience is the UK, the USA, Australia, and then South Africa. As a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? I would say come out and support some live music any way you can, you know. And also, uh, it's, you know, we've had, I don't know, more than a decade of music ma- being made with, with, with a box, a, a computer. Uh, you know, uh, let's listen to some music made with instruments, you know. Uh, and that's one of the things we offer is that uh, we record everything on real instruments and we doing it for our second album and we do it at a real recording studio so you know you you might say that's uh, you know vintage or what have you but we think it makes a difference and i I do think the audience is is um you know the 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 mind is an unbelievable uh power and it 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 could sense little tiny things differences between real instruments and not you know and and it's nice to challenge the ear to, to enjoy that. And we hope that more and more people do it. And, and as we talked about today, Barrett, people are starting to get into more, you know, LPs and, and physical CDs and what have you. And I think that this trend is going to really take off and I hope it take off and we'll be a part of it, you know, in 2023 that people will come out and support live music, people playing music with real instruments, like, uh, like what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So as Dorian says, go out there, support live music and just, yeah. Put your cell phones away and have fun. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Get out and do it, man. Get out and do it.